Welcome to this series of special episodes of the Hive Life Podcast as we dig in for an introspective look at influencing entrepreneurs, a video and teaching series by Cass Ward. In this episode, we'll dissect some of the key points of Cass's interview with Deona Kidd of Nomen. I'm Jared Latch alongside my business partner, Tim Baer, as well as Cass Ward, as we look into episode 106 of Influencing Entrepreneurs. And during this episode, we'll hit the following topics. Strategy versus sales, sales fulfillment, marketing, and continuous education when it comes to Nomad. So let's start with an important question, Cass. What do you build first, a sales plan or a company strategy? Well, in this episode, Diona really, really delivers a master's class business case study on especially digitally, digital marketing. But... In my background, of course, I'm going to result to strategy is number one. Identifying who your customers are, identifying who your competitors are, how you are going to deliver your product to to the marketplace. So strategy always comes first place. You you develop everything around that operational-wise. What she, what Diona really spends a good amount of time in differentiating for us is She's been a part of many companies that have great ideas, great products that are filled with promises of returns and revenue. However, she she explicitly says that going out into the marketplace, that they have no way to deploy it. So I even bring up, I always use this example in my classroom, is if we open up a store on the corner of any city, at the bare minimum, you get the people that walk by that store that you're advertising to. So your only your radius might be you know that block or that a mile within that store. If you put your store in the internet, you could have the traffic of seven billion people, but who's actually going to walk by that store? So she she mentions she goes into uh, being part of a company that says they're promising all these returns and success, but have no way to have a storefront that people will actually see. And we were doing it for this company and the president is announcing, you know, in front of the whole company, just how awesome this is gonna be and how it's gonna be a revenue generator. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, there's no marketing behind this. Like, I don't, like you were talking about earlier, like if nobody knows it's there, how is that gonna work? And it was a really pivotal moment where I thought, we need marketing. We either need a partner or we're going to have to come up with this ourselves. And then we started talking to marketing partners. And as I started talking to them, I realized they could come up with really great ideas, but they didn't really understand how the internet worked. And those ideas really didn't have legs. When you look to go online as well, and this is when we first started out, Tim, especially with video and putting it on a platform, to be seen people thought well you just put it on the internet there's strategy that has to be in place you just can't put something online without checking some boxes and having different layers so that the things actually get found and you can have that purchase made yeah you know we always make the joke that it goes to wither on the youtube vine Uh, we used to deliver videos to partners back in the day and what would happen is a year or two later we'd go down and look at their youtube page and there'd be like i don't know 29 views And these people are paying thousands of dollars for this video and to only have 29 views, uh, it was disheartening. And so I think that same realization happened for us that happens for Diona in this this scenario that 
she was making these great websites, spending 400 hours on it, and then nobody's going to see it. It isn't an if you build it, they will come situation. It's if you build it, then you got to tell them about it, and then they might come. Right. So when you get in the position to have some success and you're generating some traction, sales uh, are good, what comes with that success? Well, it's always execution. So how many times have we brought a pro bought a product or service that did not was not fulfilled the way we were sold it? And I mean, her example, first thing she says is, I will call your sales line. See if somebody answers. And how simple is that? And at the same time, so brilliant that people aren't doing that. So for some small businesses, it's really simple. What I do is I pick up the phone and I call their sales line and I see if they answer. If it goes to voicemail, then we have that conversation. Like you're, you're not, we, we can't make your phone ring if you're not gonna answer it. Like that doesn't make sense. But most companies we work with are, are mid-market, so they don't have that problem at all. And they actually dedicate someone to the web leads that come in, or they have a, a system in place that routes those calls appropriately. The other thing is we don't want people coming in to go into the phone tree. Uh -huh. So that's another dead end. We want that phone to actually be answered. So I'm telling you, order your product and we'll get it to you. If you don't answer the phone, we immediately have a problem. Yeah, and I think recently we actually had this conversation on our end because our Google ads were pushing to our main phone line. And then if somebody was coming in as a lead, they had to figure out who were they going to talk to? Are they talking to production? Are they talking to sales? Are they talking to account management? And it got confusing. And so the amount of hangups we were getting because those people were getting caught in that phone tree. Um, and Deanna talks to that. And so having a real person there to answer it, and more importantly, the bandwidth to accept the traffic that they're going to be sending to you. So, you know, it's not just a thing where you start working in this digital space and then all of a sudden there's this river of people coming. You have to be able to handle that river of people. Um, and so that's an important conversation in, in what she talked about. So let's shift over now to the, the marketing part of that. And you can throw out the word marketing, and it's very vast. The umbrella is big. You could say that the net cast out there because everything really falls under marketing, or a lot of things do. So when you're in there, how do you differentiate between marketing strategies? Well, well she makes the statement quite clear. There is marketing with a capital M and a marketing with a lowercase m. I call it capital M marketing. Yeah. So there's like lowercase m, which is the tactical stuff. You know, you run a pay-per-click ad, you do Facebook, you, yeah. you know, whatever it is you do. You, you build a website. That's kind of, that's the tactical stuff. But if you don't have that capital M strategy, like the stuff you would, from like my queen's marketing class, you know, that's right. the strategy of targeting a market and knowing what the benefit is and how you compare to your competitor. If you don't have that information, right. then you're going to spend an awful lot of money on lower case in marketing. Yeah. And you may or may not get anywhere. We all get hung up with marketing in a lower case M of, I'm going to make a commercial. I'm going to make a fancy ad and where she focuses and really is writing the textbook is on the marketing with a capital M and saying, we have got to figure out who these customers are. We've got to figure out how we get to them and what's important and how to engage with them. And especially, so you, Jared, you even used, made the comment, casting a net. We live in a, number, sales are the, the lifeblood of the oxygen of any organization. 
but we are we fill our our heads and our verbiage with sales cliches. I'm going to cast a net. I need a funnel. I need I mean, I'm sure uh, Tim will come up with 10 more <laughs> on what how we're going to get in front of a customer or who's important. And she says, sometimes you throw an ad out there and it's wildly successful with zero effort, but it's hit or miss. You do not know whether you're getting the value for that. So do I want a thousand people to see this cheaply and three people might engage with it? Or do I want to focus it on 10 people seeing it and three people engage and close at that point? So where is that value proposition for every dollar we spend on marketing? Yeah, I mean, that's what you're always trying to figure out, that cost of acquisition, that, you know, where are those dollars, you know, seeking out and are they finding the right people? And I think that was also a, a key piece of this puzzle is you can find lots of people. It's whether they're the right people. Um, we get a lot of fill outs on, you know, online um, contact forms, contact forms. Thank you. I mm -hmm. couldn't even think of that word. Um, but, you know, three quarters of the time, there are people looking for jobs or we got one the other day. Somebody wants to do a music video. Uh, which was exciting for of, him. A ton of voiceover I, artists. I'm looking as well. forward to you recording was, that for me. I think it was Cass under a different name. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> One of his uh, Yo -Yo alternate Master. emails. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so I think that is uh, getting the right people through that funnel, quote unquote, is very important. Um, so in the rapidly changing environment, though, how does a company in the technology space like Nomad stay relevant? So she, I mean, really continuous education following what is happening in the field. So the way we advertise even today, especially digitally, is so different than it was two, three years ago. So we talk about, you know, right now, right now the big buzzword is influencers. How you are visible on, let's just say an Instagram, changes rapidly from month to month. The algorithm changes over and over again. Same with Google, same with Google ads, Facebook, every ad, the way you're found and discover changes continuously. And they, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to generate revenue from, from creating ads or, you know, providing the ads that we want to put in front of people. How do you follow an al algorithm that changes consistently? If I tell you that 2x plus 3 equals y, but tomorrow it's going to be 4x divided by 7 equals y, and it keeps changing, how do I know every dollar I, I put into this is going to yield something? So they partner with a lot of those firms. She mentions they, they have a really good relationship with uh, Google and one of the, I can't remember the name of the sister group that um, helps with all those analytics, but they stay on top of it. The other thing is, is they're very transparent. So whether you're in sales or operations or accounting, the one thing I really enjoy about uh, speaking with Yona is when it comes down to what do you do and how do you do it, she'll tell you everything there is. She doesn't say, I, I run into this a lot, especially in the technology field. Oh, well, we have proprietary information and in ways we do things. 50% um, of the time, I think it just, is telling you, hey, we're gonna try something and see if it sticks and then move on to the next thing. Having something pr proprietary, if you do have that, it's got a short lifespan anyway, and you're probably already working on something next, especially just in the digital space specifically. 
I also think, you know, a lot of times it's consistency and it's time and bandwidth for business owners that they don't have. And so with Nomad, you have the ability, maybe it's not the secret sauce, but it's the consistency and the ability to stay on top of those many changes that you're talking to. Um, it's very similar in our case in that, you know, companies could produce videos, but are they going to have the bandwidth, one, uh, and two, do they have the ability to change with the market as, you know, there are new ways to produce things, new tools, new uh, equipment out there. You know, we have the ability to keep up to track on that with our team, whereas they might not because they have so many other balls in the air. And we talk about, she even mentions the way we even search for items now is changing just over to voice. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we're now going to be fighting for not how we're searchable, but how Alexa and Siri or any voice activated AI looks for us, we now have to vie for that attention as well. Now looking, you know, you talk about all the algorithms and, and you want to get found and you want to find other things in digital space that make you different. I know for us, even recently, in, in at a basic level, defining your message in a succinct way. And and for us in a in an area where a lot of people are playing in video now and things turn into buzzwords, which storytelling is now buzzword, uh, but we've always been storytellers. So now it's it's harder for us. I, I wrote a blog recently on this that's going to be published talking about everyone claims to be a storyteller. So there's challenges there now on us continuing to differentiate from what we are at the core of who we are and then trying to translate that into the digital space and into our messaging. So that, that gets challenging as well. Right. And it is. And it's pulling in those, those experts to help us with that story and get it out there are very, very hard because even for a company such as Spiracle, who is great at telling stories, none of us are great at telling our own story. Right. I'm going to go there. The cobbler's kid has the worst shoes. I always go there. Yeah, and but that, we're, and we're much we better than what we were before. We are. And, and, our, and our work speaks for itself a lot of times. But it is extremely challenging right. to sit down and you want to talk in platitudes and you want to speak to uh, your strategy. And sales buzzwords come out when we sit down for an interview instead of just talking. And I think recently when we really broke it out between origin story and the other being about the company, I think that differentiation in your mind would help you because the origin story really focuses on motivation, why you're doing it, what impact are you looking to make rather than here's the things we do ABC. Right. And that's also the first step. So this kind of circles back to how we started this podcast is getting that strategy on where we want to, what we are and what we're trying to accomplish. So now we can use a source similar to this for search optimization to say, what do we want people to associate with us? Our, of course, buzzwords for our, our key words that you want for Spiracle would be storytelling, impactful stories, such as uh, nature, you know, the audience that would really value that. And finding that first, being able to execute on that is key to finding somebody like Diona and Nomad that would get your product in front of the right people. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. We encourage you to watch the full video episode of Cass's interview with Deona Kidd by visiting influencingentrepreneurs.com. You can find out more about us at Spiracle Media by visiting spiraclemedia.com. For Tim Barron, Cass Ward, I'm Jared Latch saying thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.